glad that you're listening to this podcast. This podcast is a ministry of the Bonners Ferry Baptist Church and of Pastor Devin Neal. Ephesians chapter 2 tonight. Ephesians chapter 2. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. And uh, some of you look like you need a heavy dose tonight. <laughs> Brian looks like he really needs a dose. We've already determined, Brother Brian, we've announced it at your church. Anything that goes wrong till you leave, it's your fault. We've already blamed you for a couple things already. And, uh, amen. Oh, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you, I love going to church. I love going to the house of God to be with the people of God. And, and listen, I love going to church building when it's even empty, but it's a whole lot better when people are in it. And, uh, I just love being a part of the family of God tonight. Uh, we've looked at the subject of the church and we've seen that uh, God likens the church to a building and we talked about how important it is for the building to have the right foundation as any physical building would and of course the foundation of the church is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. We talked about the church being a flock and uh, how it's important for the flock uh, to follow the shepherd and I'm glad, thank God tonight, our shepherd is the Lord Jesus Christ. Talked about it being a bride and how it's important for that bride, it's a spouse of that bridegroom, to be faithful uh, to him. And I'm glad the Lord Jesus Christ is the bridegroom of the church tonight, aren't you? And he's coming. Brother Chris, you may not make it to the ordination service tomorrow night. The Lord may come ahead of time. Amen. Or right on time. He never comes ahead of time. And then we looked at the church uh, as a body, and uh, how that God designed the body to function in unity and function in such a way that it would bring glory and honor to Him. And I'm glad tonight that the Lord Jesus Christ is the head of the body, Amen. the church tonight. Amen, aren't you? I'll tell you, it's so wonderful. When you, when you start looking at this subject of the church and look closely, uh, church is certainly... Uh, as our, it's been told to us, we've been told it's a non-essential. It's anything but a non-essential. And it's absolutely essential in the eyes of God. And uh, God ordained this thing. God planned this thing. God has designed this thing. And uh, God is going to use this matter, this thing called the church, until he takes us out of here. Amen? Ephesians chapter 2 tonight, if you'd like to stand one more time. I'm sure that Brian and his family would like to stand for a little while. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2, uh, I want to go ahead and start reading in verse 1 because these, I just don't want to pass these verses up. We're going to read down through verse 19, but you, you follow along tonight. This is the word of God, and it'll do us good to hear it. Amen? The Bible said, In you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world. According to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Now you need to understand the apostle Paul writing to a Gentile church here, the church at Ephesus. It's a Gentile church and he's addressing them as Gentiles. And he says, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. That's what we were. But God, who is rich in mercy 
for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it's the, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Wherefore remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, ye who were sometimes far off, are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace, who hath made both one, and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity even the law of commandments contained in the or in ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace, and that he hath reconciled, uh, he he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace to you which were far, afar off, and to them that were nigh. For through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. Now the Apostle Paul here is explaining to the Gentiles how that God has brought the Jew, which was God's chosen earthly people, together with the Gentiles and formed a new entity called the church the family of God, the household of God. And I'm glad, thank God, he, he brought us in, aren't you? I'm glad that we could be saved uh, just like the Jew. There's no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord overall is rich unto all that call upon him. Thank God for that. But I want you to notice the word down here tonight, the end of verse 19. He said, Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. Turn back, if you will, just a couple of pages. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 10. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 10. The Bible says, As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. What do you think of when you think of household? Think of family. Amen? How many of you have a household tonight? You have family tonight. God here in the scriptures is likening his people, the church, uh, to a family tonight. And I want us to look at that matter of the family uh, this evening for a little while and trust that God will use this to speak to our hearts and help us. Let's pray once more and you pray that God will speak to each of us. Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, again tonight for this opportunity. And dear God, we pray now that you'd bless this preaching time. 
Lord, we need you once again. We pray, Holy Spirit of God, please, please direct our words, our thoughts. Lord, we need your help tonight. We ask you, God, to send forth your word in power. May you open up our hearts and minds, Lord, to your truth. And may, God, you do a work that would bring glory and honor to you. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Uh, the word brethren, the word brethren, that's plural for brother. The word brethren is used 129 times from the book of Romans to the book of Revelation. That many times God refers to people as the brethren. And that, that is a family term. Amen. Uh, you'll find the word brother. You'll find the word sister uh, in the New Testament. Uh, because these are family terms. And uh, God uh, wants us to understand he sees the church not only as a building and not only as a flock and a body and a bride, uh, but he sees the church also as a family. And I'm glad as the song was sung tonight, I'm glad I'm a part of the family of God, aren't you? I'm glad. Someone says you get into the family by birth or by adoption. And uh, thank God for that tonight. But I want us to consider this matter of the church uh, being likened to a family just for a little while this evening. And maybe give us a, another another view of what God means when he has us to be a part of a church. And a local church. And uh, so I want you to go, if you will, uh, first of all, uh, in John chapter 3, I don't have to, you don't have to turn there, uh, but to belong... Uh, to the family of God, you must be born again. Amen? Uh, and to be a part of any family, uh, there first has to be a birth. And every one of us, uh, we're sinners. Uh, we're born into sin. Uh, we're born with a sinful nature. And in order to be a part of the family of God, uh, we've got to be born again, as Jesus told Nicodemus in John chapter 3. The Bible tells us in 1 Peter, it says, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God. Just like I had to be born into the family that I belong to, uh, we have to be born again into the family of God. And again, as we mentioned last night, I believe it was, uh, at least our independent Baptist churches uh, believe what the Bible teaches. And that is, that teaches a, a regenerated or a saved church membership. Uh, nobody has any business joining a church that hasn't been born again. Because that's the prerequisite for being a part of the family is being born into that family. Uh, you could join every church in the county. But unless you've been born again, you will not see the kingdom of God. It doesn't matter what church it is. You could join this church if you could figure out a way to do it and join this church. And But yet if you've never been born again, you'll not see heaven when you die. You'll go to hell. And it could be possible there's someone here tonight. You even may be a member of this church, but you know in your heart, God has told you, you know in your heart that you truly have never been born again. Your membership of this church will not get you to heaven. You say, I even follow the Lord and believers' baptism. But if you're not a believer, that means absolutely nothing anyway. 
You need to make sure, I need to make sure, never settle for church membership as your ticket to heaven. That's not enough. You've got to be born again by the Spirit of God in order to be saved and go to heaven. Not only that, but you need to be washed in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are, I'm a, we, how many of my family members are here? Hold your hand up tonight. How many family members I got here? I got a bunch of them. I got some not claiming to be. Evan, you're not claiming to be part of my family. You will pay for that. <coughs> you will. Amen. We're blood related. Amen. Or at least adopted related. Amen. But uh, to be a part of the family of God, there has to be a blood relationship. Amen. Now the Bible makes it clear in the, at the, uh, in the, in heaven before the throne of God. Uh, after the rapture of the church, there's going to be people saved out of every kindred tongue and tribe and, and, and nation. In other words, people of all different kindreds and bloods and so on are going to be there. But my friend, there's one blood we've all got in common, and that is the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible said we're washed in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you're here tonight uh, to be a part of the family of God, you must know that you've been washed in the blood of of the Lamb. You know, there are churches uh, that say, well, what you need to do is get washed in the water, and that makes you part of the family of God. It doesn't do it. Amen. Or you get whitewashed. Amen. <laughs> Clean up your act. That'll do the job. No, we have to be washed in the blood of the Lamb. That's why we sing so much about the blood. That's why we make so much of the blood. Why? Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. Without blood, the blood of Christ, there's no redemption. Without the blood of Christ, my friend, there is no way you and I can go to heaven without that shed blood of Christ and putting our faith in Him as the one who shed His blood for us. Then I want you to look in 1 John chapter 1, or chapter 3 rather. 1 John chapter 3. Let me just run this by you here real quick. To belong to the family of God, we need to be born again. We need to be blood, we need to be blood bought. Amen. And then we need, we need to be, belong to the heavenly Father. The Bible says, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. That's a family term, son. Amen. Therefore, the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. Boy, I like that right there. It does not say, beloved, now or someday we will be the sons of God. It doesn't say that. It says, beloved, now are we. That's present tense. I've had multitudes of people say, you cannot know for sure you're saved and on your way to heaven. My, my Bible says I can know. Amen. The Bible says we can know right now, beloved, now, now, right now are we the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Listen, if you're going to be a part of the family of God, you have to know that God is your father. Amen. Been born again, been washed in the blood, belong to God. How much better does it get than that? Amen. Every church member ought to have that testimony. Now, every every church member is not going to have the same testimony because testimony includes how things came about for us getting saved. 
But we ought to all have a common testimony, just like we have a common ancestry, if we're family, blood family, that we have been born again, we've been washed in the blood, we're trusting in the blood of Christ, and plus nothing, minus nothing, and we belong to God the Father. God is our Father. Do you have that testimony tonight? Do you know that for certain tonight? That and that alone is enough. Amen. Now, not only that, I want us to consider uh, not only how to belong to the family of God, but I want you to think about uh, the behavior of the family of God. Now, these are just simple things, and I don't want to drag this out tonight, uh, but I just want us to think about some things tonight. God God designed this thing to, to be similar uh, or like an earthly family. Now, let me, let me just say this from the beginning. God instituted the family. God instituted the family. God instituted marriage. God instituted the home. God instituted the family. It was the plan of God for humanity to be a part of a family. Amen? That's God's plan. Now, if it's God's plan, guess right. Guess what? It's the right plan. It's a good plan. It's a great plan. You and I both know from reading our Bibles way back in the book of Genesis early on, the devil attacked the family. He attacked Adam and Eve. And then he attacked their boys. And from there on out, Satan has always been under, attacked the family, uh, the family unit. Uh, I'll tell you, we live in a day now, uh, you know, people throw up their hands and say there's no use in trying to have a family. It doesn't work. Uh, my friend, if you do it God's way, it works. Do it God's way it works. People have scrapped marriage and just going to shacking up together because they say, well, marriage doesn't work. Too many people not sticking together. That's because they're not doing it God's way. God's way works. Now, God not only designed the physical family, but God also designed this family called the local church. That was God's plan. That was God's thing. It wasn't man. Man didn't come up with this. God did. Now, there's some things I hear called a church that are man-made, but they're not following God's plan. And I'll be honest with you, there's a lot of failure tonight in what's called the local church because they're not doing things the way God said to do them. The institution itself is still right. God uses the local church. God blesses the local church. God has commissioned the local church. God has empowered the local church. God has given the authority to carry out His work on this earth through the local church. God sends out missionaries that birth other churches through the local church. God evangelizes the world through the local church. You say, but well, there's so many messes out here. Yeah, just like families. But God's way is still right. God's way still works. I've had people tell me, I don't want anything to do with church. I belong to this church and it went bad and I belong to that church and it went bad and I know about this church over here and that church over here. It, the church is no good. Wrong. You might have to look a while. You might have to pray a while. Amen. But I guarantee you it is God's plan, just like it was God's plan for you to have a physical family to grow up in and to have around you and to nurture you and to love you and protect you and provide for you. It is God's plan. If you're a born-again, blood-washed uh, child of God tonight, it's God's plan for every one of us to be a part of a family called a local church. Amen. I want to say primarily tonight, 
And I'm not going to be dogmatic about this, but I believe one of the most important things about the family is fellowship. Fellowship. God has much to say in the Word of God concerning church about fellowship. One of the one, one of the most precious things about belonging to a local church is the fellowship. Amen. I heard old Bob, uh, I can't remember his last name, you know, a preacher one time said, what is fellowship? He says two fellows in the same ship going the same direction. <laughs> fellowship. How many of you enjoy the fellowship that you find here in this place? Isn't it wonderful? Fellowship is a precious thing. God designed the local church for his people to have fellowship. Don't you enjoy the fellowship of blood family? Ken, I was looking forward to coming here and being with my family again. Looking forward to some of them coming in. Why? Because we have wonderful fellowship. There's no fellowship like good family fellowship. And it's even greater when not only can you fellowship physically because you're, you're, you're related to one another, but you also can fellowship spiritually in a local church together. Isn't that a wonderful thing? What a blessed thing that is. God designed this thing uh, for us to have fellowship one with another. And when people do not unite themselves with a local church, my friend, they're missing out on one of the blessed things of the Christian life, and that's Christian fellowship. I mean, I, I, we go out and travel, and we're gone, and, and we belong to Central Baptist Church in Mount Vernon, Kentucky. And I'll be honest with you, uh, when we come back, there's, there really is no place like home. Amen. We love being here. We love being in other places. But when we go back home, you know what? There's, there's a fellowship there that we don't find anywhere else because that's where we belong. Does that make sense to you? And that's, that's a sweet and precious thing. And uh, we need to be aware of the importance of fellowship. Go to Acts chapter 2 for a minute. Well, let's read 1 John 3 while we're still over here. Or 1 John chapter 1, since we're in this end of the Bible. 1 John chapter 1 and verse 3. The Bible said, That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. There's one of the results of good fellowship, is joy. Isn't that true? Uh, this then is the message which we have heard of him, and declare unto you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him, and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. God's design and desire for his people is to have fellowship one with another. You know, the, you know what the secret to having fellowship with one another is? Having fellowship with God. That's what he said right there. The key to having godly fellowship in the local church is having Godly fellowship with God himself, with the Lord Jesus Christ. The best thing you can do for your church to, to keep and preserve and protect the fellowship here is to make sure as an individual member of this family, you keep your heart in fellowship with God. 
Listen, when everybody comes in and everybody that walks in is in fellowship with God, everybody's on the same page. Isn't that right? Now, how does the devil get in? Well, he gets he gets one person over here out of fellowship with God. Then gets another one over here out of fellowship with God. Gets another one over here out of fellowship with God. And all of a sudden, you know what? We're still having time together, but it's not the same kind of fellowship. The joy can go. Amen. You know how it is when you got a home, you got a family, and somebody's out of sorts? You may not even know what it is that's out of sorts, but you can sense something's wrong. Amen? How many of you know? How many of you have ever been a part of a church when there was no good fellowship? Yeah, I remember the first church I pastored, they had just had a split. And about 30-some people had left. And then I came, and they I was the pastor. And as soon as I, the amen was said, everybody's out the door. Nobody hanging around. They're out. You know why? Because there's some things there that weren't right. And it wasn't the paint on the walls and the carpet on the floor. It was the family. There were some things wrong in the family. And the family had to start getting right with the Father. And when they got right with the Father, then they got right with one another and fellowship was restored. And then you couldn't hardly get them to leave. <laughs> fellowship. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, enjoy fellowship. You know, I've been in foreign countries where I couldn't speak the language. Couldn't understand what they were saying or singing. Nothing. Just everybody sitting around grinning at each other, you know. But you could sense fellowship. Now, how does that work? Different culture, different country, different colors, different language. But we had fellowship. Why? Because our fellowship is with God the Father and His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. That is so important. So important. You know what happens when you've got people that have fellowship with one another, but they're not fellowshipping with God in a church? Called a clique. Get a bunch over here, they're not in fellowship with God, but they're in fellowship about hunting. Or they're in fellowship about playing ball. Or they're in fellowship about shopping. Or they're in fellowship about talking about everybody else's playing ball and hunting and shopping. They're not in fellowship with God. How I many of you have seen something like that? Yeah, it happens, don't it? When we don't, when we don't stay in fellowship with God, we don't stay in fellowship with one another long. Or we'll find somebody else just as backslidden as we are. We can have fellowship with them. Amen. Fellowship is so important. Acts chapter two. Look over there for a minute. I love to read this passage over here. Acts chapter two, verse thirty-seven. Peter's been preaching, and boy, he's preaching the gospel. And the Bible said, now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. That means they got convicted big time. They were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. 
For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received his word, that means they got saved. That means they got born again. That means they got washed in the blood of the Lamb. That means God became their heavenly Father. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day were, there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. You know what you have right here? You have the birth of a big family. We call it the church at Jerusalem. And the Bible said, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, and fellowship, and in breaking of bread, and in prayers, and fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles, and all that believed were together, and had all things common. That sounds like a family, don't it? And sold their possessions and goods, and parted them to all men, as every man had need, and they continuing daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God, and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Wow. I'd say that sounds like the family of God, don't you? How many believe they were having a good time in the Lord there? Amen. Now, they weren't doing anything that was sinful or wrong, and they had the Spirit of God working in their midst. They were in fellowship with God, and they were in fellowship with one another, reaping all the benefits of it. Notice something else about family. Family is not only about fellowship, but family is about love. Family is about love. Physical family, you know what you do? You love one another. Amen. You love one another. Go to John, if you will, the Gospel of John for a moment. I want you to look over there. <coughs> Excuse me. The Gospel of John, I believe it is. I may have that wrong. Listen, I mean First John. No, John 13. I got it. John chapter 13. Look over here. I want you to see what the Lord is saying to his disciples here. In John chapter 13 and verse 31, the Bible said, Therefore, whom or when he was gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified. And God is glorified in him. If God be glorified in him, God shall also glorify him in himself, shall straightway glorify him. Little children. Now that's a family term, isn't it? Little children, yet a little while I am with you. You shall seek me, and as I said unto the Jews, whither I go you cannot come. So now I say to you, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another. As I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. The Lord stressed over and over. There's other verses here in the next few chapters where the Lord stressed to his disciples, you're to love one another. Love one another. Love one another. The basis of fellowship is not only our fellowship with the Father, but our love for one another. How many of you realize tonight when God commanded men, husbands, love your wives, that he wasn't talking about an emotional thing. He's talking about a commitment. Love is a commitment. It's a purposeful decision. Is that right? I can choose to love you. Or choose not to love you. It's not, it doesn't have a thing to do with my emotion. 
It has to do with my commitment to do what God said for me to do. And God tells us, just like a physical family loves one another, you and I, as the people of God, in our local churches, God designed this thing, and He said, I want you to commit yourself to love every one of the family members. Love every one of them. Amen. Now, I, I like the term, well, He didn't tell me I had to like them, but He told me love them. But He commands us to love one another. He said, well, I don't like that guy's looks. doesn't matter. He said, love one another. Well, I don't like the way they act sometimes. doesn't matter. Love one another. Well, I don't like where they came from. Boy, I heard that a lot when I went south coming from the north, the pastor. But God said, doesn't matter where you're from. doesn't matter what rock God found you under. Amen? Or found them under. We are commanded by God to love one another. Another. God said, listen, you want to be in fellowship with me? You'll be in fellowship with one another. But if you're going to be in fellowship with me, then you've got to love one another. I won't go to First John for all the time's sake uh, tonight, but God says over and over and over again, we are to love one another. God says, if you say I love God and I hate my brother, I'm a liar. Is there anybody in your life tonight that you really need to commit yourself to loving that's a brother or sister in Christ? Think about that a minute. There's some tough ones out here. Amen? I mean, I have—I know nobody had trouble loving me, but I have trouble loving people. You'll get that in a minute. Amen. How many of you found sometimes... Your children not doing just everything that you thought they ought to do. You may not have liked it. And it may have affected your fellowship. But you kept on loving them. Somebody said that boy was born. He was ugly. Only a mother could love him. I'm sorry, Braden. I didn't mean to let that slip. By the way, ladies... If you need your nails painted, Braden's been painting nails all day today. I'll let him explain that. <clears throat> Part of being in the family is picking at each other. Amen. We love one another. I don't know about you, but there really are times when I have to give myself talking to. After God's already been talking to me. Say, I don't care whether you like it or not. I've commanded you to love these people. They're born again. They've been washed in the blood. They have the same father you do. They belong to the same family you do. They came out of the same sin hole you did. You weren't a bit better than they were. And you're saved by the grace of God and the mercy of God. And you better love them. If you don't, you don't love me. I have trouble with that sometimes. I love the world sometimes more than I love people of God. I'm just being honest. That's the truth. This old flesh needs to be brought under subjection and submission to the Holy Spirit of God. It, and I'll be honest with you, it takes the Spirit of God 
working in us and through us for us to love like we're supposed to love. You not do it on your own. Don't wait for a feeling. Do it by faith. Amen. Amen. Well, we can't go any further there. But family's about love. Thank the Lord for that. Let me say something else. Family's about acceptance. Go to James chapter 2 for a minute. James chapter 2. James chapter 2, verse 1. My brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect of persons. But there come unto your assembly a man with a gold ring and goodly apparel, and there come in also a poor man in vile raiment. And ye have respect to him that weareth the gay clothing, and say unto him, Sit thou here in a good place, and say to the poor, Stand thou there, or sit under my footstool, sit here under my footstool. Are you not then partial in yourselves, and are become judges of evil thoughts? Hearken, my, my beloved brethren, hath not God chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith, and heirs of the kingdom, which he hath promised to them that love him? But ye have despised the poor. Do not rich men oppress you and draw you before the judgment seats? Do they not blaspheme that worthy name by the which ye are called? If you fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Ye do well, but if ye have respect to persons, ye commit sin and are convinced of the law as transgressors. God designed the church to be a group of people that accept one another. I'm not talking about compromising. I'm not talking about minimizing sin. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about accepting one another for who we are. There's all kinds of walks of life in this room tonight. Amen. You go to the church at Jerusalem. That 3,000 that God so, that saved that day, that first 3,000, they were Jews and proselytes from about 16, I believe, different countries. There were Jews there from, from Asia Minor. There were Jews there from Asia. There were Jews there from North Africa. There were Jews there from Europe. There were Jews there from the Middle East. Colors, cultures, Countries, and they all spoke different languages. And they all came together and accepted one another as they were. Think about that. Now, we live in a day when some pretty colorful people can walk through those church doors. Strange-looking people sometimes. We live in a strange society. If they get saved, by the, and by the way, they ought to come with welcome. We ought to welcome them in. Amen. They need to be saved just like we need to be saved. But when they get saved, they say, I got saved by the grace of God. I've been washed in the blood. I've been born again in the family of God. God's now my father. God bless you, brother. Welcome. Amen. I remember. When I when I got saved, my family weren't they weren't they weren't church people they weren't religious people we didn't go to church that wasn't our thing I went to church I didn't even know how to act and I didn't know what to do didn't know what they were doing I mean turned to the song I didn't know what a song service was like Amen I didn't know any I didn't know the order of things went in there didn't know a thing about going what was going on they welcomed me as a sinner and then when I got saved. They accepted me as a newborn babe in Christ. 
They loved me. They didn't get me in a corner and twist my arm behind my back and say, no, there's some things you need to straighten out and you need to have it done by next week. If they had have, I probably wouldn't have went back. Just my nature. But they loved on me. They accepted me. They befriended me. They invited me to their house. They included me in their activities. And all of a sudden, I had a new family. Now, I had my family, my earthly family, and I loved them, never stopped loving them. But I had a brand new family. This thing was all new and different. And I got to the place where I wanted to spend more time with my new family than I did my old family because we just didn't have as much in common. I didn't love them any less. But I'm telling you, being willing to be accepted The Lord accepts us. Now, he goes to work on changing us. Amen? Conformance to the image of his son. Many times our problem is we're not trying to help them get conformed to the image of the son. Of the son, we want them conformed to our image. If they don't conform to our image, then we don't, we don't accept them. God says, listen, there's a, there's a valuable thing here. We need to accept people where they're at. You know what? When people get saved, newly saved, they're newborn babes in Christ. It doesn't matter if they're six years old or 66 years old. They're babies in Christ. they got to do some growing. And there's people older in the Lord and so on. We're all at different stages of life in our spiritual walk with God, and we have to learn to accept one another as we are. I'm not saying excuse sin. There's plenty of examples in the Word of God, even in the New Testament, where God and the church did not overlook and excuse sin. I'm talking about accepting us, our differences. We're different. Amen. We're all different. And we must learn. God said, listen, everybody. Nevin's got a large family. Every one of his kids is different. They're all different. Now, they're all related. They're all the same family. But they're different. And if they're going to get along, they've got to accept one another's differences within that family structure. Amen? And so family is about acceptance. Family is about truth. John said, I have no greater joy than to, uh, to hear my children are walking in truth. Well, if there's any place where you ought to hear the truth, it's at the house. Isn't that true? I'm glad, thank God, my father, even as a lost man, was an honest man. He told me something. I knew it was the truth. I never knew my father telling one lie. I could ever, I never knew of one. He said some things that were truth I didn't like. None I didn't agree with. He never lied to me. Thank God for that. And if there's any place the people of God ought to be able to go and hear the truth, it ought to be here. Amen. Hear the truth and live the truth. Honesty. Non-hypocritical. Amen. That's a very important thing. Family includes discipline. I'm I'm trying to quit here is the reason I'm not giving you all the verses. I've got about six verses for each one of these. I'll let you look them up later. But family also involves discipline. Isn't that true? If you're going to have a home like God designed, there has to be discipline. God makes it very clear. If you're going to have a church like God designed, there has to be discipline. Amen? has to be discipline. And that discipline begins with the Word. Isn't that right? 
a parent, a parent if it's a wise parent, the first thing they want to do in disciplining their children is speak to them. You tell them what they're supposed to do or not supposed to do. Explain to them what they're supposed to do, not supposed to do. Then if they don't listen, you got to tell them again sometimes. Or you take the next step. Amen. And we know where that can go to eventually. But God's that same way. God wants, it, we need to be disciplined. We all do. And God, that's why God uses His Word. And God said, listen, if we would judge ourselves, we let the Word of God do its work. It's discipline in our lives. If we judge ourselves, we wouldn't have to be judged by anybody else. Isn't that right? And so we must realize part of being a part of the family of God is discipline. God said, He chasteneth every son whom he receiveth. Amen. It's part of our lives. And then the family's about order. Family's about order. God makes it very clear. Look, if you will, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. We'll close with this. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. The Bible said, But I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ. And the head of the woman is the man. And the head of Christ is God. Now, God designed the home, the family, to be set up in that order. Amen? God made it very clear. That's his order of things. You might, you could also see uh, God explains that in Ephesians chapter 5 and chapter 6. But God has an order of things in, in the earthly family. God has an order of things in the local church. Let everything be done decently and in order. There should be an order to things. Amen. And that God has... God has leadership set up in the local church. And God has places and positions of submission. We're all in submission. You say, well, the pastor's not. Yes, he is. He's in submission to Christ. And truth of the matter is, he's in submission to this church. He's accountable to this church. Amen. We're, we're submissive to one another. The Bible says we're to be filled with the Spirit of God. And we're to be submissive to one another. And so this family thing is a, is a thing that God has designed. God has designed. God doesn't want any of his children being orphaned out there all alone. He wants no orphans out there. We live in a country today and the world's full of orphans. The sad thing breaks your heart. But God never meant for his children, those that have been born again in the family of God, to be spiritual orphans. He's got a family for every one of them. Amen. You don't have a church family. He's got one for you somewhere. You need to pray about it and make sure you know where it is and get there. If you're a part of this family and you know this is your family, then you ought to do everything you can to maintain the fellowship. Accept one another. Love one another. Amen. Learn from one another. Stay right with God so you can stay right with each other. Isn't that true? Very simple thing. I'll tell you what, most precious thing in the world. Especially if you if you wasn't raised in church. It's hard to understand this for some of you who've been raised in church. How many of you were, have been raised in church? Yeah, a lot of you have. 
I'm glad I I mean, I wish that I'd gotten saved sooner, but I'm glad I was old enough when I got saved to remember what it was like before. Different is daylight and dark. Different is daylight and dark. It's just like you're living in darkness and all of a sudden the light gets turned on. I remember that very clearly. And when that happened to me, then I wanted it to happen to the rest of my family. And thank God it did to most of them. Amen. One day, thank God, we're all going to live in the same house together. Isn't that wonderful? Or at least the same neighborhood and have our own mansion. Amen. 